0: Welcome to the House Church podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's message by Pastor Stephen Sexton. If you would like to know more about the House Church, please visit our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the House app. In uh, Psalms chapter 46 verse 10, Psalms 46 verse 10, it says, "Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations, And I will be exalted in the earth. Uh, Katie uh, alluded to this verse, but I want to read it. James chapter 4, verse 8 says, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double minded. In other words, there's this idea, there's this idea that when you want to move toward God, He's already wanting to move toward you. Not, not, come on, this is not Red Rover where if you want to come, I guess we'll take you. That's not this. This is, the Bible says that God stands at the, at your heart and he knocks. Knocks. Come on. I mean, do you ever have those people, kids? Uh, Anybody got kids? Come on, anybody got kids? (laughs) Be honest. Don't you get frustrated when they go outside and ring the doorbell? (laughs) No, I'm serious. Like, you live here. Don't ring the bell. You know, just open the door. Ding, dong, ding. My kids love ringing the doorbell. And I'm like, just walk in. Well, it was locked. You know where the key is. There's a key. Just just unlock the door. Ding, ding, ding. And it's never one time. It's like, how many times do I annoy Father? You know what I mean? Here's what I'm telling you. Jesus is right here. The Bible says at the door of your heart, knocking, waiting for you to open up, to open up. Most of us, I I don't know if you've uh, been in church much, uh, and and if this is your first time here, first time back in church, maybe you're giving church another try, giving God another try, I just want to tell you that, uh, man, we're honored that you would come here and be here, and, and here is what I can tell you, is I believe something supernatural and spiritual can happen in your life today, but I believe that in a year, your life, series preaching too, come on, listen, <laughs> listen, I believe in a year from now, your life can be totally transformed. Because, see, here's the deal. There was this idea with a relationship with God that it was never a one-time moment, but it was a continual development and relationship. Does that make sense? It was this continual relationship. And so for all of us, uh, we have dry moments. It's okay to have dry moments. Um, And I think that a lot of times we get frustrated and we're like, okay, God, what's going on with me? I'm kind of in a dry season. I'm in a dry season, and um, what, you know where, you, where maybe you're a little bit further from the Lord than you want uh, you know and for us it's it's very common in our spiritual life to vacillate from spiritually passionate to, like, spiritual poverty. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, one day, come on, I'm on the mountain. I'm like, God is good. I'm singing in my car. Come on, everything I read from the Bible is like, oh, oh. It's like, come on, it's like God is just loving on me. And then I go through times where I'm like, it's a little dry. The sermon really wasn't that good. You know what I'm saying? Worship was Okay. Uh, a couple of my favorite people weren't at church is I I, I'm glad I came and can I just tell you this that if you're in a dry season in your life um, you coming and moving through that is actually building and forming spiritual maturity in your life because come on if we always do what we love then church will become serial Does that make sense? Church will become cereal. There's a few people in our church that love cereal. And and, and I'm just saying, listen, listen, listen to this. If we make church where it always has to be sweet and it always has to be cereal, that's great, and you will love eating it. I don't know anybody who complains eating cereal. Come on, man! This is it's just so sweet. It's just so lucky. It's just so (laughs) golden. It's just so. But here's the deal: there are adverse effects from just sweet stuff. Sometimes you need some vegetables. Sometimes I'm gonna go ahead and say it: you need some kale. Not much, not much, not much. But, but, but sometimes, come on, you, you need to balance that diet a, a little bit. Dry seasons are an indicator that you need to go deeper. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That dry seasons happen because God is wanting you to know hey, I need you to get out the shovel because where you are at, you've exhausted that and there is more underneath. And so I need you to begin to dig and unearth because God calls us to deeper waters. God calls us to deeper areas. I hope that this year you have a lot of vision for your life. And and I am praying for more opportunity. I am praying for more growth for you and your family. Um, I am praying for our church to have a deeper passionate relationship with God. You, you know, every relationship, every meaningful relationship uh, requires intentionality. Yeah. you, you got to be intentional. <laughs> and for people to draw close, it requires proximity. You, you, you will not be close to people that you are not in proximity. If You're not close to. And, and so uh, that's one of the reasons we love life groups. Because there is no way that you can come to church on a Sunday morning and feel totally connected. Because it's just, uh, it's just one part of what we do as a body. And so you can come and get a great sermon, you can come and hear great worship, you can come and, and do the social connection, but if you want to grow and expand, come on, to, you want people to know you, then proximity, proximity, authenticity, relationships take authenticity. You know, have you ever been around somebody that you were scared to really say everything because you didn't know where it was going to go? You know, like, I, I, if I, I can't really be authentic with you because if I tell you what's going on in our marriage, if I tell you what's going on with my kids, I may be judged, come on, I may be condemned a little bit. I'm not sure that you can handle all that's up in here, and so I'm just going to leave you at, like, level two. Yeah. But for real relationships to happen, I mean, you, you, there's got to be a little bit of vulnerability. There's got to be a little connection. Come on, you got, you got, you, no one will relate and connect with someone that there's no connection. Come on, uh, someone kind of has the same interest, someone cares about the same things. Come on, how many of y'all were heartbroken last night? Dallas Cowboys. I know the other half of you were like, yeah! That's <laughs> all right, that's all right. Make fun of God's team, see what happens. Uh, <laughs> l- listen, listen, you know, for, for there to be authentic relationships, you, you got to have truth. You gotta have truth. Come on, you you can't just be in relationship with people that will never tell you the truth. And but you also gotta be in relationship with people who love you. Who love you and and the Bible says that God loves those who He corrects. You know, if you have a relationship and there is no correction, no, no, none of that, then, then here's the thing. And, and we live in a culture now where correction is equals a rejection. Like, if you don't like what I am, you must not like me. No, no, no. I like what you are fine, but you need to take a shower. You know what I'm saying? I, I like you fine, but I mean, there's the reality is um, th- there's a lot of things that we like, but there's got to be a connection. There, there's got to be purpose. There's got to be a purpose for this friendship. Yeah. There's got to be a purpose for what we're doing. And it's got to be bigger than us just hanging out and, and, and connecting. You know, to produce all of those types, the key ingredient in all of that is time. Time. Uh, you, you cannot expect a great return on any investment If there is not time. You cannot expect. And so people come and often hear this. Where we came to one or two life groups. and, 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 And we didn't feel what you were talking about. Okay. One or two in a life group season. That is 13 weeks. Come on. We can barely know your name. Sometimes it takes two or three seasons of life groups because we're building something. And so let me just tell you what we're building. There is acquaintances, there is friendship, and there is bonding. And if you want to get to bonding, you're going to have to make some, come on, time. Even in our relation with the Lord. I don't feel like he hears me. I don't feel like he listens. I don't feel like when I pray, I feel like I'm just throwing stuff up to the ceiling. I don't feel like, could it be that there is an acquaintance relationship with you and God and y'all haven't, you you haven't invested the time for there to have this bond, come on, that you know the heart of the Father. That you know the heart of the Father. A vast majority of Americans, 90%, believe in some kind of higher power. 56% 56% believe in faith that's described in the Bible. 33% believe in some higher spiritual force. And I don't know how you grew up, but but there's a lot of views on who God is. And um, I think that um, some people see God as distant. Based on how you grew up, maybe your denomination or whatever, they see God as distant. Well, God, where, where are you? Come on, where, where are you? God, if you were were... were we're here. I mean, I, I just, in my relationship with you, I feel like, you know, they talk about a God that I've really never even met. And I feel like you're kind of distant. And I feel like my prayers fall to the ground. I, I feel like I've asked for a lot of things. And I, I haven't seen those things manifested. And, and so I just, I, I hear you're a relational God, but I feel like you're distant. Or, or maybe distracted. Maybe they feel like God's distracted. Well, maybe he created everything and then left it all and said, okay, y'all figure it out. Because obviously, if God was kind of hovering and working over the earth, I mean, why would we have the immigration crisis? Why would we have the, 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 the fights in our Congress? Why would we have all the issues and deaths and abortions? and the, Why would we have all of this issue and turmoil? And why couldn't people get along? And God, if you were present, come on, wouldn't, wouldn't you fix a lot of that? People think that. But the, tra- the fact of the matter is that God loved us so much, he gave us free will. That's right. Free will to choose. You know what I'm saying? Uh, has anybody ever gotten a lightning bolt somewhere they shouldn't have because they listened to a little ACDC? <laughs> Come on, anybody ever gotten a, a-, a-, a lightning bolt because, you know, you-, you listen to a little Usher? Come on, anybody ever got? See, God gives you the choice to choose... And because he gives all of us the choice to choose, sometimes we choose wrong and that affects people. Does that make sense? God loves you. But if I want to take that minivan through the stoplight, that was my choice to do that. Does that make sense? Many see God as dominant. Well, he's just dominant. Just, God's just, he, he's just kind of a prayer. God gives us free will. to. Cho- I mean, think about this. Think about this. You know, how many of y'all you got animals? Come on, how many got animals? Love your animals. Come on, love your animals. Uh, your animals have free will. No, because there's a couch you don't want them on. Come on, you pee over in this carpet. <laughs> the, this is your pee domain. But you pee over here, we're gonna have problems. Okay, I'm gonna, uh, let me say the, the the issue is that you have free will. Meaning that God loved you so much, you can be anywhere you want. I mean, I'm just, I mean the, 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 the truth is, you can do and make the choices, and, and some of them are, I choose God, but you cannot choose God. Yeah. Yeah. That's not domineering. God wants you to love him. I, Abel and I are friends. We, 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 we do some stuff together. But if I took a gun to Abel and I said, okay, tell me you love me. I love you. Now, now, there's like 30% of us that are like, oh, okay, crap, shoot, baby. Yeah, but, but, but if we were being real, Abel would be like, I, I love you. Okay, well, God didn't want that type of relationship. And God, what God wanted is he wanted Abel to say it without being forced to say it because that's real love. God's not distant. He, he's not distracted. God's not dormant. God is very much involved in our life. And the truth is, all God ever wanted to be was a father. That's all God ever wanted to be. God is relational. And if you meet my children and you hang out with them for a little bit, you will see what Katie and I value as you meet with them. You will find out what TV shows we like. You'll find out what food we eat on the reg. You will find out who we are based on knowing our children. And I think this, Jesus made an incredible statement about the Father. And and Jesus came, and he was always trying to shift everyone's perspective because they were under an old covenant. And the old covenant was, potty pays, perversity punishes. If you mess up, I'm coming to get you. And they felt that. They felt that. The prophets of Baal, the things that happened, they felt this. Now, God is just, and and God has order, and God has a way. And and, and they failed to see how many times God restored Israel and loved Israel and brought Israel back. But they were under this notion that God is heavy-handed. And Jesus came and began to explain who the Father was. The kingdom of heaven is like this, and here is my father. And while he is a judge, and while he will judge you, here is his heartbeat. He has always wanted relationship. He put Adam in the garden to walk with him. He gave him the Ark of the Covenant to walk by them. He gave him the temple because he wanted to live in their city. God has always been intervening and making a way to be around his people because he loves them. This makes sense. Here's the statement Jesus made, John 14:18. He said, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Right now there are, you may not know this, but there are 400,000 orphans in the United States. 100,000 are waiting to be adopted. In other words, there are 100,000 orphans that are waiting, that have no home, nowhere to go, and they're not sure who wants them. Here is what I'm trying to explain to you. That is not your relationship with God. God wants you. You are not waiting. If, if I'm good enough, he may accept me. If I do right, if I, if I go to church, if I cross off all the stars, if I go through all the, 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 the systems, if I do everything, here's what I want to tell you. Is at the time that you were your... Anybody have a, everybody in your life had a bad moment? Come on, like a bad you moment? Come on, anybody? Like where it was dark? Come on, it wasn't your best. You know, it's the kind of the part you want to conceal. Maybe stories you haven't even told your kids yet. Come on. I want you to picture that person in your head. That person. Come on. The, the liar, the stealer, the cusser, the drinker, the, the drugs, the addictor, the whatever. I mean, I don't know what it is. But, but, but whatever that person was. The carouser. The, that person That that person. Some of you are like, I've been trying to forget that person. No. You don't need to forget that person. You need to remember that person. Well, why, Pastor? Because that's the person God picked to love. Not this better, more improved version of you. Not the church version of you. Not the, you know, I, I know to carry Tic Tacs and peppermints and I, I know to bathe now and you know what I'm saying? I, I know, I know, so I look a little bit better. I look a more prestigious. I, I look a little bit more important. Not that you, the nasty you that nobody wanted, everybody hated, the you that made everybody cry. That's the you he picked that's the you he loved that's the you that's, that's my girl that's my guy right there that one that one Jesus die for that one you hear what I'm saying God has always wanted to be a father. When I look at the cross, even when we have all these symbols in church, but here's the reality. When I look at the cross, I see a God who was not content with being distant or detached. He wants to be near. This cross means he wants to be near your life. It's not just a decoration symbol. It's not a cool tattoo. It's not, it's not something that we can wear the chain. It, all of those are fine. But the symbol means God sent His Son to invade earth, to capture your heart, redeem your life, and set you on a firm foundation. And God is the one that established all of that. Come on! That's pathetic. Come on! Come Let's go. Let's go. As a society, we love to be distant. Difficult. Connection is difficult. And we have now value mysterious and hidden and independent. Come on, we want to date the mysterious. Ooh, what is he like? What is she like? Ooh. Ooh. We want to hide. We want to be, you know, uh, independent. But the truth is, that is not an attribute of the kingdom. The attribute of the kingdom is to be known. To be known, to be loved, to have have an intimate relationship where you know the Father and the Father knows you. Come on. Maybe there's a real reason why uh, distance is preferred. You don't want to be hurt. I, I tried to do this before <laughs> and, and you, you make it sound motivational and you make it sound neat, but, but truly um, man, I, I got really hurt. And so I choose to live with walls and I choose to back up. And when people begin to love me, I begin to resist that because I know what's coming. See, here's the thing is If you buy into the lie that distance actually produces freedom, then here's what will happen: you will begin to move down the road of isolation, and you will be alone when the enemy comes. Now, here's the deal: if we were going, let's just say we're going to have church wars, okay? We're going to church war. There's a couple churches we're not going to take on, but uh, (laughs) but but if we had a, let's just say we had a gang fight. All right, let's go have a gang fight. I would rather do that with all of y'all than me. <laughs> I mean, there's a couple of you in here. I think you could take four or five people, and I'm gonna let you go first. Look, I'm just, I'm just saying that. That why would we not come on? Some of you are like who's he, talking about me <laughs> with your hangnail. <laughs> no, <let's. laughs> Listen, here's the thing. Is There's this idea that we don't want to be distant. But because of sin and hurt and bondage and mistakes and failure, we isolate ourselves. God never wanted us to be distant. Distant. And because we are distant, we grow up living detached. And so we recognize that people will be leaving our life, so we don't care when they do, because we already preconceived that they would. And so when people say, Bye, we already knew you were leaving. See ya. That's why they made delete on Facebook. I'm good. (laughs) You leaving? Okay. I give you a tear. And. And so what happens is we get used to incubating this idea of detachment. And so now nobody's really affecting us. Come on. We're not really affecting anybody else. And we live isolated, and the enemy is kicking our butt. Does this make sense? For us, detachment was not... The only thing that we should be detaching from is darkness. Come on, darkness that brings confusion and brokenness and anger and offense. And all of that is the thing that hurts us. Today, I want you to know, I came to preach to someone today that his love is overwhelming and his spirit is all-consuming. Yes! That's the truth. That's the truth. These are mindsets that if we don't change them, we will live detached yes. and distant. Yes. These are, listen, listen. And this is what perpetuates us being dry. Mm-hmm. Dry. And you may have a moment here where you're, you're just like, okay, Pastor, i just transparent. I, I am a little dry. That, that spring is not as vibrant as it used to be. And here's what I want you to know. Dry means this. You know how, but you're not. People who aren't dry, they don't know they're dry. I'm looking for something. But spiritual people who have come to church, we know. Come on, we know. When that, when that prayer for grace is a religious obligate. All right, God, thank you for going. All right, cool. Let's eat. Come on. We know at night when we say the prayers and the kids are like, Dad, Mom, will you pray with us? Oh, my God. Yes. Okay, what are you going to pray? What are Subconsciously, we're teaching our kids this is not a value. The game's on. We don't pray during the game. Come Come on, crazy up in here! <laughs> Religious people, <laughs> listen, listen. Come on, is this good? Yeah. Yeah. Listen. Dry means I understand the value, but I feel like I have no time. I feel like my life is too busy. It's out of control, and I cannot do what I know will help me because I've settled. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Can I see that, Adam? Here's what I I think has... We're just going to talk a little bit. I I hope you come back to church here. It would be great if you did. Um, but, uh, But the church as a whole, I think this is one of the problems we are seeing the decline in our culture. Okay? This is one of the... Because when we come to church... yeah how many of y'all have ever seen like a crispy hard sponge like sitting on the sink and it's like you touch it and it's like ew <laughs> like it's like where's that been once that's scrubbed because it's so hard and brittle and it's just it's hard and and and, and so you know and, and i don't know why but you ever want to touch things that you that just like wow you know like you're touching the hardness of it and it's just like really hard i, I don't know I, I do stuff like that and um and I think that what happens is we come to church, and what we do is church has set up to help people who are hard get a little soft. Right. And so, what we want to do is we want you to come to church today because there's some hard hearted stuff in your life, and we want to give you the mist of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. We want you to have the mist of God. You're going to feel a whole lot better about yourself. You're not going to be as hard because you know that when you are hard and crusty, everybody hates you. Okay? So come to church, mist of God, a little softer. Woo! Church is working. Come on, is this right? Is this good? And so sometimes we have a really good sermon, and it's a double squirter. Woo! Boy, we shucked the car today. Worship was on point. Hey, man, I'm feeling good. Come on, I'm not as crusty as I used to be. I'm bending in ways I did not know. It's like I've been on, you know, spiritual th- P90. I'm bending. I'm yoga in this. I'm downward dogging in my spiritual life. But here's the problem. What happens is, this only helps the hardness. It doesn't heal. And so people come to church, and they get a little of that, and they think, oh, I'm better, but you're not healed. And so they come for two or three years, and they're like, you know what? We, we tried church. We just didn't want really to do it for us. Oh, my you know, my, my wife is still crazy. It's like, my, my husband is still weird. I thought church would change him. It really didn't. It just kind of, yeah. it's kind of gave us a spray. Come on, you see what I'm saying, Right? See, we all have baggage and background and brokenness and wrong thoughts, wrong thoughts about God, wrong things about ourselves. But here's the deal. Worship and the Word and and all that we do, and we try to work hard so that God can start this moment in your life where the things that were hard begin to mold and begin to become soft. But here's the thing. If you want to heal, you have to go deeper. 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 As we think about this, this, the spray refreshes you. Uh, It gets the crusty off. But it don't fill you. It may wake you up. (laughs) Okay. But then two days later, crust forms again. Why? Because you're absent of the source. Come on, is this good? Yeah. Anybody need a spray? Uh, listen, listen. For us, Sunday is the spray. And we feel like it's important and it's valuable. And it's exactly what some people need to begin the movement of what God wants to do in their life. But it was never a substitute for a life-giving Holy Spirit-filling relationship in your life. It was never that. It was never that. And we want you this week to draw near. To be filled. In the Bible, water is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And he does not want to be an application like tanning lotion. He wants you to jump in and he wants to unearth those habits and hang-ups, those issues. And he wants to do something, come on somebody, in your life. He wants to be in you, on you, over you, through you, come on, yeah. your life, yep. if you draw near. And that's what we want to do this week. I want to give you two ways to fix the distance and detachment in our faith. I want to give you two quick ways. Can we do that real quick? And, and I'm going to go ahead and bring up the band because we're going to end early here because we're going to, we're going to do some ministry time. But but here's the thing is uh, two ways to fix the distance and detachment of our faith the first is this we've got to identify what's between you and God what is keeping me from going deeper What is keeping me from going deeper? And here's the deal. There are good things and there are bad things. Good things are business and work and hobbies and health and food and and responsibility. All of those are good things. But the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was both good and bad. Come on. If we're not careful, life will be full of good things. But those good things are robbing us from the deeper, yeah. come on, things. Yeah. And then there are some things that are, that are not that. And um, assumptions, rejections, prides, addictions. And, and what they do is when they come into our life, we think that I am no longer good enough for the dip. Yeah. And so how can I come into the presence of God with all this junk in my life? Y'all go ahead. Come on now. All right. Turn down that click track. We can all hear it. Listen. Here's the issue. Is that you don't get to come boldly before God because you are good. You come boldly in front of God because the blood of God, the blood of Christ covers your life. And you are welcome in. You are welcome in. Does this make sense? And so here is what I want to say to you. What is it? Can you identify? Was it the last pastor, the last church, the last... The truth is, maybe he was immature, maybe she was immature. Maybe you were immature. Maybe there was things that you didn't know and there was preconceived notions and all of these things, but what's keeping you from going deep? What's keeping you from going deep? You see those thoughts? They'll move you into a dry place. And so for for this sponge... See, God has so many things that he wants to do in your life. But what we do as people, not you, as people. How many of y'all are concerned right now? <laughs> dump it, dump it in us. Here's what happens. Is God is offering us healing, saturation, Transformation and we want to dip. Oh, Pastor! Went to a conference. Oh, got me a little portion. Little portion. Woo! Oh, I've never felt this deep before. Woo! Oh, pastor! Listen to what I'm saying. All of this. is a start to the process but look at me it's not healing look at because all of us look look at the water have stuff in our life that only the deep things can fix and many of us are frustrated in our life because the spray isn't working because God is calling us to deeper things. Look at the water. It's turning dark. Do- see, see, here's what happens. When you go deeper, you actually become cleaner. Yeah. Do you hear what I'm saying? Listen to this. And the crazy thing is this. The spray Christian, they don't have anything to offer. But the deep Christian can do a life group. And they got something to give. And watch my life. Watch, watch what happens when I hang around all the employees. Watch what I talk about. Watch what they talk about. Watch how marriages start coming back together. Watch how these people were fighting about to break up, but they started going out to eat. And me and my wife committed to go out with them one time a month for the next six months and watch what happens in their life. Because as I clean, my testimony comes, and look what happens. I got something to give. Come on. Is this good? For you many of us are scared of going deeper and the reason we're going deeper we can call it craziness or weirdness or whatever and the truth of the matter is one of the reasons we don't like to go deep is because we don't get to control it god is a god of order he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus knew when it was His time when it wasn't His time. Jesus set people in groups of 30 and hundreds. and I mean, Jesus was systematic. He wasn't just random. Right. Yeah. But we're scared of something spiritual because we don't want to lose control, but what's controlling us is the thing that's killing us. time to go deep here's the second thing i'm gonna be done is take time to fast in order to seek god take time to fast this week we're going to be fasting and and every morning at seven o'clock one of us uh, me katie uh our staff are going to be at seven o'clock and we're going to two or three minutes Walk over one of the verse. Did everybody get one of the cards that we passed out? If you, did, if you didn't, I think we have some in here. Here, I want you to look at it real quick because we're going to do something with this in just a second. If, if everybody didn't get one, guys, y'all have them in your hands. We did this first service. Um, did anybody not get one? If you didn't get one, raise your hand. I just want to give you one. Okay, we got a few over here in the back. I, that's fine. We have a few right over here. I, I just want everybody to have one. Well, me and my wife will share one. Okay, that's not how it works. You pray, she prays. If y'all want to pray together, that's great. But come on, your wife ain't your savior. Come on. Oh, stop. All right, so, okay. 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 Every day, we are going to walk through one of these things. And so the first is local church. We're going to pray for all the churches in northwest Arkansas. We want them to thrive. We want revival to hit. We want people to get saved. We want God to move. And here's the deal. I want them to move from the Baptists and the Methodists and the Lutheran and the Christian and the Crazies. And the, I, I want them to go. I want, I want them all. Because here's the deal. No one person and no one church is big enough to hold everything. We're going to pray for churches. You're going to pray for your old pastor. Well, I'm mad at him right now. Yeah, but here's the deal. Your feelings don't change the things that he planted in you or the things that she planted in you. And we're going to honor those things that they put in you. And we're going to pray for those people. Come on. breakthrough breakthrough, what needs to be broken, what addiction, what stronghold? What thing needs to be broken. You know, I keep coming back to this. I keep having an issue. I keep thinking about my dad. I keep thinking about my mom. I keep dealing with this issue. Oh, we need some breakthrough in this. I need to move forward in this. Come on. The next generation, we are going to be a church that is committed to the next generation. I don't want to babysit. I want to train up young people that want to follow God. Come on. From the tots to the, the youth. And, and maybe there's a call, on your life to help out with young people, you need to jump in because here's the thing: we want to create. I, in my heart, I got seven churches in my heart that I want to birth over the next twenty years, and so I'm just going to tell you that because I don't like to overcommit and underdeliver. So I'm just going to tell you what I'm thinking. There are pastors in this house that we don't even know yet, and we're going to be growing and developing the next generation, choosing honor. We're going to honor people. We're going to honor the elderly. We're going to honor the youth. We're not going to have a church that's scared of someone 65 and over. Come on. We're not going to be a church that's scared of 70 because they have a couple wrinkles. We're going to love them. We're going to love them. We're going to honor them. We're going (laughs) to, hey, you're still here. You're still in the house. You haven't left God. You haven't turned your back. You got something to teach me. And we're going to honor people. We're going to have a place of honor. Come on. We're going to honor people. The mission. We're going to be praying about the mission. What is? What does God have me to do in this body? What? What? What is the next thing? What the missions? The, the trips? The outreaches? Come on, we're gonna. We're in, our best day is not going to be on Sunday morning. We live way too much of our life outside of church. That's where we're going to do our best work. Come on, so I believe there's businessmen that are going to start Bible studies in 2019 and begin to invite their worker. I believe things are going to happen and we're going to start inf- affecting this culture. Come on, somebody. Families. Our society is only as strong as families. It was built on family, and if families go to, you know what? Everything else will follow. So we're going to pray for families, your family. Families of the house. We got young families starting their family. People who are just starting, pregnant. Come on, we're going to believe God for families. Yeah. And the last thing is this more is coming more is coming for you. More is coming and I believe, come on, that by faith, prophetically we're speaking this over our life that I am not done. I'm not dried up. I'm not over. My best days weren't in high school when I was running the court. Come on, somebody. My best days weren't in the band recital. My best days weren't when I was at my parents' house. My best days are in front of me and God's got good things for me. Come on. Does this make sense? Yeah. Here's the thing. Why do we fast? Why do we fast? The decision to seek God begins to waken your faith in your spirit. And here's the deal. This is where we find God in the deeper waters when we begin to seek Him. Fasting is just this. It's denying yourself of the thing that you gravitate to that begins to meet needs in your life. Come on. Some of us, it's tinkering in our garage. I just feel balanced and good. When I get to tinker in my garage. Some of you it's work. When I, I I come home and I work all night long and that makes me feel valued and esteemed. Come on. Some of us, let's just talk. It's food. And come on, holla at your boy. Come on, the rail. Go get their chicken wings at the rail. I'm just saying it's holy goodness. I dream about the rail You I am just and you don't play how many of you, you got your ice cream come on I know there's some people in our church that love ice cream cereal our, our, our thing come on listen we all have that thing that we crave that we crave and I'm asking you to substitute the craving and every time you crave for that thing go spend time with God Every time you crave for silence, I just need everybody in my house to be quiet. Oh God. Alright, I'm going to go. I'm going to crave for sleep. Whatever you crave, give that to him and say, God, I am substituting my craving for you. Does this make sense? For us, it's time for us to draw near and get deeper Psalms 84 1 and 2 says this how lovely hold on a second let's just talk a little bit hold on on. y'all stop for a second it's getting too churchy Uh, (laughs) David understood something about God because he kept pinning these Psalms about the goodness of God and what it was like to be with God And here's the thing. As a Christian, everything comes from our relationship with Him. Look at this. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul sings. Yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh sing for joy to a living God. I am asking you, to do something different than culture does. Culture picks a day, isolates God, does the day, leaves the day, and does their life. And I am asking us as a culture to invert that and give God all of it. And I believe that if we draw near unto Him, He will come in and He will begin to heal and all of the junk. Come on, this was clean water when we started. There's stuff in you, listen, that you don't even know is there because it takes God, the surgeon, to fix it. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message ministered to you. Feel free to let us know on the Connect tab of the House Church app. We hope you have a great week.